Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, good morning. Uh, Thank you for choosing to worship together. It's truly a blessing to worship together with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, It's a, a honor um, God has instructed us to live in harmony, that we should have one goal, one purpose, one heart, one compassion to God, and also um, to love each other. My name is Sam. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and uh, today I'll be sharing God's Word. We are studying the uh, epistle of John, the first epistle of John, and the scripture portion for this time's meditation is taken from First uh, John chapter 4, verse 7 to 21. If you have Bibles, please open with me to the first epistle of John, chapter 4, verse 7 to 21. Now, we live in a days of great deception. There are so many fake things in the world. What we see uh, is not true. There are so many fake luxury goods, machines, chemicals, toys, um, cosmetics, footsteps, and sometimes people. What you see are not true. But the good news is we have something called testing or validation or examination. You can certainly use some tools, some ways to examine whether something is genuine or not. Now, the same holds true even for salvation. The truth is, there are so many people who live with shallow faith, who live with superficial faith. Now, the truth is, the shallow faith or the superficial faith will not save you. That's the reason Apostle John gave us this epistle to validate, to examine, to test our faith, whether our faith is genuine or not, whether our salvation is true or not. It's very important to examine time and time again, and Apostle John gave so many tests, so many validations in this epistle. Now, one of the validation, one of the tests that we will see is to possess Love for one another. Love for fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. The scripture says, if you don't love, if you don't have perfect love for your brothers and sisters, you are not truly saved. Your faith is not genuine. Your salvation is not true. And therefore, we must examine. Now, the truth is, the Bible says in Romans chapter 9, verse 10, that man confesses with his mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believes in his heart that God has raised him from dead, then he is truly saved. Now the matter is heart. You indeed know what people can profess. You can listen what they are saying, but you don't know what's there in their heart. R.C. Sproul, one of the great servants in U.S. who died a couple of years back, he told once that, The profession of faith will not save anyone, but the possession of faith will save. Now, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 says, Now Jesus said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, the truth is, the heart is key. Now, in this passage of John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 21, Apostle John gives Six reasons 
for us to love one another. So let us examine while we go through these um, six reasons that Apostle John gave so that they, are, they motivate us to love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and glorify God. The six reasons that he says is, first one is, the love is the very nature of God. God is love. The second nature, second reason why we must love each other is, love is manifested by Father himself. And the third reason, love reveals God. And the fourth reason, love is our witness, our testimony. And the fifth is, love is our confidence on the day of the judgment. And the sixth is, God loved us first. So as we go through this passage, but we even before going this uh, passage, um, let us see the introduction of the epistle itself. Now the theme of this epistle of 1 John is true fellowship. Apostle John, who used to live in Judea and Israel, he moved to Asia Minor. Asia Minor is the, um, the west part of modern Turkey, where Ephesus and other cities are. And the purpose of this epistle or this letter is to promote biblical fellowship that is rooted uh, in love and truth and to provide reassurance of union with Christ. Now, uh, the outline of this epistle is our basis of fellowship and also the behavior of fellowship. So remember that we're going to talk a lot about uh, uh, fellowship in this passage. And the key of this epistle is found in chapter 5, verse 13. Chapter 5, verse 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. That is, you examine your faith, your belief, that your belief indeed has eternal life if it is a genuine faith. Now, John um, describes, he starts in the very first chapter saying God is life, God is light, and then he says God is love. Now, before going this passage again, uh, to examine um, whether we love or what are, the, what are the reasons that John is giving us to motivate us to love each other, let us see some of the various tests, validations or examination that Apostle John has given in this epistle. The first test can be found in 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. That is, test of walking in light. It says, if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. That is, if you are walking in darkness, you are not saved yet. Your faith is not genuine. And the second test he gives in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, test of obedience. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. If we don't obey God, if we don't obey his commandments, you are not truly saved. And then we see the test of loving fellow brothers and sisters that we're going to stress more in, this, in today's sermon that is found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible, the Bible is very clear, especially in this passage, in this epistle, that if you don't love your fellow brothers and sisters, your faith is not genuine. You are not truly saved. If your brother hurts, if he is going to trial, trouble, and suffering, and if you don't feel the pain, you don't love him. 
We don't love him with the perfect love. We are called to love with a perfect love to God and also to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. In this passage of verse 7 to 21, Apostle John has referred about perfect love four times. We are to call with perfect love. And the fourth test that is found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, the test of possessing Father's love. If you don't have Father's love, if you love this world, then you don't know God. You need to examine your faith. We are called to hate the world and the things the world follows, but not the people. The fifth test can be found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 6, 9, the test of sinning continuously. If you sin continuously, you must examine your faith. If you sin continuously, you are not saved and your faith is not genuine. So remember, the heart is the key. We are called to live a perfect love. Now, there are different kinds of love. John is not talking about the physical or emotional love, but he is talking the love of will. Um, it is a love that is granted to someone who is not deserved that. No matter how unattracted, unattracted the person is, we are to love. Now let's see the six reasons in this passage that would motivate us to love our fellow brothers and sisters with perfect love. But before that, remember that perfect love is followed by perfect obedience in God. If you don't obey God perfectly, you cannot love God or you cannot love your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So the first reason that Apostle, Paul, Apostle John is giving us to love our fellow brothers and sisters is found in verse 7 and 8. So let's read 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You see, the first reason why we must love our fellow brothers and sisters with perfect love is love is the very nature of God. God is love. God <clears throat> loves this humanity with so much that anybody can love. Now, there are two types uh, um, of love that God loves uh, uh, people. The first is the common grace or the universal grace. Now, this is the kind of love, this is the kind of grace that is bestowed on everybody, believers and all unbelievers. The Bible says the sun shines on everybody, believers and un unbelievers, holy people and unholy people, saved and unsaved. The rain falls for everybody. The earth gives its yields, its fruits for everybody. That's the common love. That's the universal love or common grace that God loves entire humanity, humanity. And there is no difference with this. Since it is the nature of God and since we are the children of God, we possess the life and light of God himself. We possess the same nature as God to love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. There are a few scriptures that says God indeed loves humanity. Titus Chapter 3, verse 4 says, But when the kindness of God, our Savior, 
and his love for mankind appeared. Matthew 5.44 says that love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 11 says that God doesn't take pleasure when, the, when a wicked dies. He doesn't take pleasure with the death of the wicked, but rather he wants them to turn from their wickedness. John chapter 13 verse 1 says, having loved his own, that is the disciples, he loved, he loved them till the end. So this is the common grace. This is a common or universal love that God loves entire humanity. But there is also a special kind of love that God loves his children, that God loves believers. Now, if you see Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 says, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 says, in love, he predestined us. You know, the reason why you and me are believers, if our belief, our faith is genuine, it is because of Father. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14 talks about the salvation where all the three persons in the Trinity are involved. The, fa the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it all started from the Father. It all started from the Father's election. He has elected few people for himself. And it is because of his love. He has elected, he has predestined in love. Love is the main aspect of, of God. It all started with love. Not only that, God loves humanity. God loves you and me that he withholds the judgment. Remember what happened to the couple in Acts chapter um, uh, Acts that Ananias and Sapphira, they, they, they died as soon as they committed, as soon as they lied to the Holy Spirit. Now imagine my friends, if God would have ex exercised the same kind of judgment on you and me, I won't think we would have stayed or lived here. That is, God indeed withholds his judgment. That is the love of God. That is the nature of God. And see, since we possess the same nature, we are also called to love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ with perfect love. So that's the first reason that we must love our fellow brothers and sisters since it is the nature of God. Not only it is the nature of God, but it is what manifested by God himself. The second reason why we must love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is God manifested his, his love towards the mankind. That is found in verse 9 to 11. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he has loved us and sent us his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So the second reason why we must love one another is because God has manifested this kind of love towards us by sending Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, God is a fearsome God. He is a God that is filled with wrath toward the sin. He's a God with, of perfect holiness and perfect righteousness. There is no uh, space of sin or unrighteousness or unholiness in him, and so does he expects the same in his 
believers that is you and in me god is a fearsome god he is a wrathful god he punishes the sin and your sin and my sin he has punished in lord jesus christ on the cross so not only it is the nature of god uh, but it is what god has manifested in us bible says that uh, the christ has died uh, while we were yet sinners imagine he has died for you for your sins uh, uh, my friends that is the bible is saying that the fearsome god his wrath was fulfilled on the cross he has punished that sin so grievously so uh, um, passionately on the cross the word propitiation is not, is nothing but it is appeasement necessitated for the sin to pacify god's holy wrath god's holy wrath anger was pacified on the cross that is the manifestation it all started by the father it is the father who designed that plan to send lord jesus christ his son to die for me and for you and pay the price for to that pacifies the wrath that pacifies the anger the bible says in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 that the father made him jesus christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of god in him galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says christ redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everybody who hangs on the tree first peter chapter 3 verse 18 says for christ also suffered for sins once for all time the just for unjust so that he might bring us to god my dear friends remember salvation is free but salvation is not cheap it is very expensive very expensive that you and me can never ever would be able to pay that salvation is very costly we, we, we could have never even paid any bit of that but it was all paid by lord jesus christ which is the manifestation of father's love so we must love our fellow brothers and sisters Uh, in christ with perfect love because it is a very nature of god and we possess the same nature since we are his children and since we possess his life and light and the second reason why we must love our fellow brothers and sisters is because this is the love that is manifested by father the love that is manifested by god himself now that takes us to the third reason that john gives here in verse 12 why we should love our fellow brothers and sisters verse 12 no one has seen god at any time if we love one another god abides in us and his love in us uh, and his love is perfected in us now you see my friends me and you hasn't seen god physically yet you know yes people have seen the glory of god in jesus christ when you was here but no one has seen god physically but guess what we have seen the image of god that is you and me god has created you and me in his image now when we love each other people will see god in us the church is a um, manifestation of god himself when people see church they should see god 
When people see you, they should see God. When people see your love for each other, they will see God and they glorify God. So that's the third reason that the love reveals God to people, especially to unbelievers. So that's the reason we must love each other with the perfect love. So three reasons we have seen so far that we must love each other because it is the very nature of God, because it is manifested by God himself, and then it reveals God. And the fourth reason is found in chapter 13, verse, uh, verse 13 verse six to 16. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses the, that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God. So the fourth reason why we should love each other is love is our witness. It is our testimony. You know, love is our um, assurance of our salvation. Now, when you are saved, God has given you the Holy Spirit. Now, how do you know, the, know uh, that you have the Holy Spirit? It's found here that you have believed God. You have believed that God has sent His Son to pay for your sins. You have believed that Jesus Christ has paid for your sins. You have believed from your heart. And so you can say that you have the Holy Spirit. And so you can say you have the assurance of salvation. So remember, love is our testimony. If you love each other, that gives you the assurance that you have the Holy Spirit and gives you the assurance that you uh, how you are truly saved. There are so many uh, um, different understanding of the Holy Spirit. So many people, sometimes when they gather together, they, they'll say, okay, now let's invite the Holy Spirit amongst us. You know, what does that mean? That, that, that means nothing, my friends. That means nothing. Remember, two important scriptures that I'm going to tell you. You, you need to remember this you know, forever, because there are so many people, including the Christians, so many uh, believers who has the incorrect understanding of this, this Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It's easy to remember 8, 9, 12, 13, sequence number. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9 says that if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you does not belong to Christ. You does not belong. My friends, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit resides in you. You belong to God. You are the children of God and you have his spirit. So if you don't have the spirit, that's a different problem. That's a bigger problem than when you try to invite the Holy Spirit. Because as soon as you believed Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, as soon as you are regenerated, as soon as you believe that he has paid the price for your sins, as soon as you are repented, as soon as you, are, you know that you are justified, you are forgiven, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. Romans 8, 9 says that. And if you claim that you don't have the Spirit, you does not belong to Him. But if you know that you belong to Him, you have the Holy Spirit. Now what, what happened when you are regenerated, when you are saved, you are immersed into the God's family. You became one uh, in the body of Christ. That's what immersion means. That's what baptizing means. That's the meaning of baptizing. Baptize means immersion. Immersion into the family of God. Remember, you were enemies 
before you came to salvation, before you came to faith. You are enemies to God. You are in, you're living in the darkness. We were the children of the devil. But God has brought you out of the darkness into the light. He made you into the family. He has included you. He has immersed you. He has baptized you into the family of God. That's the meaning of immersion. That's what uh, is talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Remember Romans 8, 9? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 says that all of you have been baptized into the body of Christ. You have been baptized by the same spirit. That's what it says. You have been immersed into the same family, into the same spirit. That is, when you say that you are saved, you actually possess the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. Since you have the Holy Spirit, you have the assurance of the salvation. And since you have the Holy Spirit, you can love your fellow brothers and sisters with the perfect love. Remember, the first Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 says that a natural man cannot understand or accept the things of the Spirit of God. No way. If you are accepting God, if you are accepting God's word, if you believe that Jesus Christ has raised you from, uh, if you believe that Jesus Christ has paid you for your sins, died on the cross and raised on the third day, that means you have the Holy Spirit. Since you understand that, that's the proof that because a natural man cannot understand. Remember, Ephesians chapter 2, verse, uh, two verse 1 says that you were dead in your sins and trespasses. When you are dead in sins and trespasses, you go and find a person and you try to proclaim the gospel, he will not understand unless and until Holy Spirit regenerates them. Yes, God uses the, his gospel, God uses you as a means, but ultimately it is the Lord Holy Spirit who regenerates a person. So you have the Holy Spirit, my friend. If you have the Holy Spirit, that is the assurance of your salvation and thereby you should love one another. Now, then we will move to the fourth reason. So we have seen four reasons so far. Love is the very nature of God. Love is manifested by God. Love reveals God. And love is our testimony. Uh, that's why we should love each other. And the fifth reason is found in verse 17 and 18. 17. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of the judgment. Because as he is, so also we are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. This is a very great deep truth that we can find here. Now what happens is when you became the children of God, now if you have seen this very carefully, you know how the love is perfected in you by this. By, by what? Look at the verse followed by because. Because as he is, who is here? Lord Jesus Christ. As Lord Jesus Christ is, so also we are in the world. That is, the Father treats you as he treats the Son. What a glorious, glorious truth, my, my friends. Father loves you as he loves his Son, Jesus Christ. That's the reason why you should love. And most importantly, love is our confidence. When you possess 
God's life, when you possess God's nature, when you obey His commandments, when you have this perfect love, this perfect love actually uh, yields you to the boldness. The boldness is one mark of mature love. That is, it is the mat- it is it is the mark of uh, uh, perfect love. Not only that, it marks you you that. Your salvation is secured. Your salvation is firm and settled. That is, when you go to God, you have all the confidence. That is, you must go in front of Him with all the boldness, all the confidence, all the courage. You know why? Because you are His children. Just like Jesus Christ is, so are you as His son, that you have all the boldness and all the confidence. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 to 6 says, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 to 6 says that in love he predestined us to adoption as sons. You know who is he? It is the father. Father has predestined us to adoption of sons. He has adopted you as a son. As Jesus is the son, so you are the adopted sons. You have all the privileges uh, as as his son. Now, Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism 34 says that adoption is an act of God's free grace whereby, whereby we are received into the number and have a right of all the privileges as the son of God. What a great truth, my friends, that you are the children of God. You have the sons of God so that you have the boldness, you have the courage, that you, you have the confidence that you can go to God. Not only that, since we are called to love one another, we are to love with this kind of love. The Bible says that, you know, perfect love casts out fear. There shouldn't be any fear. There shouldn't be any fear while we are living on this earth and also especially to face the day of the Lord, to face the day of the judgment. Now, if we are, uh, um, if you are scared to face, or if you, if you fear to face the day of the Lord, the, the, the day of the judgment, you must examine your faith. You must test your faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that, you know, we are not condemned of our sins. Yes, we have to give an account of everything, but ultimately, Lord Jesus Christ says, that he has paid everything for you and for me. This is the boldness that we have, that we can go in front of God to love him perfectly and also to love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. If so many people has misunderstanding that if I love someone perfectly with this kind of love, you know, they may misuse me. They may take advantage of me. You know, we forget one thing that everybody, all humanity, even the devil himself are the servants of God. We are under the sovereign grace and sovereign providence of God that a human cannot take anything from you uh, so that you don't have to fear, my friends. You don't have to fear you know, with loving each other with the perfect love. You don't have to fear when you love God perfectly. So this is the confidence, this is the boldness that our Apostle John is talking about. Fear involves punishment and the one who fears uh, <clears throat> is not perfected in love. If, you're, if you are perfected in love, you know, you don't have to fear. You will not fear. Why do you? Uh, because you have the complete knowledge 
of the scripture and God that you are indeed forgiven. You are the children of God. That God loves you, my friends. He loves you more than any, anything else. God, has, God loves everybody and he has a special love towards his believers, towards his children. That's the kind of love that God loves too. That's the kind of love that God gave you. So we have the confidence. So remember, love is our confidence. Uh, it, is, it marks uh, the uh, <clears throat> boldness or the courage, and especially on the day of the judgment. So we have seen five reasons why we should uh, love each other. The first is, it is the very nature of God. The second is, it is manifested by God himself by sending Lord Jesus Christ and paying all the uh, price for our sins. And the third reason why we must love is love reveals God. Nobody seen God, but they see you. They see the image of God that when you love each other, people will see God in you. That is the third reason. Then we have seen that love is our testimony, our witness, that the Holy Spirit is our salvation, that you have the Holy Spirit. That's the reason you are able to confess that God is your Father, that Jesus has paid your price. He has died and he has rose again on the third day. If you claim that, it is because uh, the uh, presence of Holy Spirit in you. And the fifth reason that we have seen is love is our confidence. Since it's, it's our confidence, therefore we must love each other. First John chapter 3 verse 1 says, First John chapter 3 verse 1 says, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God, and such we are. What a great truth, my friend. You are called his children. You don't have to fear. Yes, we fear with one kind of fear, that is the reverence. Okay? You must have the reverence. Of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse uh, 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We must fear God in that aspect, but you don't have to fear anything else. You have the complete boldness, you have the complete courage, you have the complete confidence even to go. The confidence that you earn through Jesus Christ, especially what happened on the cross, you know, the curtain was torn down. My friends, do you know, when you pray, you have... You, when you have sinned, probably you have prayed, you know. Now, when you sin, God doesn't stop you to reconcile. There are the various degrees of sin, various ways that God will reconcile. Um, but ultimately, we have the confidence. The Bible says that God disciplines and chastens those who he loves. That is very important. And then that brings to the final reason in this passage that is found in chapter in verse 19 to 21 verse 19 to 21 we love because he first loved us that's the reason you know imagine somebody is loving you with 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 all with all their heart with all their resources spending everything on you giving everything on you and if you don't love in return that's not fair that's not reasonable you must love back because he loved first. Then in verse 20 says that if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, 
he is a liar. That's again another test. You say, yes, I do love God, but I don't love the person who is the image of God. I hate him, then I'm a liar. I don't love God. I don't love God. That's the reason these are the tests that Apostle John gave us to examine if we are truly in, uh, possess the um, genuine faith. And the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. When God himself says that you cannot love God without loving your brothers, don't even dare to say that you are an exemption from that. You can still love God without loving your fellow brother or sister. The Bible says you cannot do that. You cannot love your fellow brothers and sisters you without loving God. And this is the commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his fellow brothers also. My dear friends, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 says that you must love your fellow brothers and sisters in deeds and in truth, not in just words. You cannot just say that I love, but you know, you don't <clears throat> love in with your deeds. When you need, when you see your, your uh, brother or sister is in need and you have all the resources to help him, if you don't help him, you know, you don't truly love God. You don't truly love your fellow brothers and sisters and you must examine and test your faith, if, if at all, your faith is in genuine. Your love must be a sacrificial love to your fellow brothers and sisters, the same way that God has loved you. These are the marks that marks you that you are truly saved. Your salvation is genuine. Remember, my friends, as I told you, if a fellow brother or sister, if he is hurt, if he is going through suffering, if he is going through problems, and if you don't feel the pain, your love is not genuine to your fellow brothers and sisters. You should feel the pain. If you see your fellow brothers and sisters, especially when you see so many news in Afghanistan and so many other Middle Eastern, when your fellow sister is suffering there, with so many of the sufferings being raped and you know going through all sorts of problems, and if it doesn't hurt you here, if you don't feel the pain, you don't love your fellow brothers and sisters equally. You must examine whether if you are truly saved or not. Let us, <clears throat> let this word encourage, motivate us with the six reasons and help us to love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And let us grow in the love of God together. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, thank you so much for your love, your gift to our Lord, and especially thank you so much for your instructions, your commandments, the time and time again, you ask us to love each other, O Lord, to love you, to obey you, to abide in you. Oh, my Father, please help us to love each other with this kind of perfect love and also love you with the perfect love and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray.